This show is a part of the Versus the Universe Network. For more information on Versus the Universe, go to versustheuniverse.com. That's vstheuniverse.com. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever the case may be. Hey everyone, welcome to Digital Dumpster Diving, where we dig through digital games and movies, trying to find something worth our time and maybe yours. Will we find trash or treasure? I'm Matt Peters, and with me as always is Dave Martin. Dave, what's up, man? I'm doing great, <laughs> sir. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing quite all right, man. So, we got a doozy this week, and of course, with this doozy... We have uh, a special someone to thank, our podcast network brother, uh, Jamie McCabe from Panels on Channels, recommended this glorious Nicolas Cage movie this week. So thanks, Jamie. Yes. Uh, so I'm sure I've seen him before, but on our Slack, he uses the um, the avatar of Nicolas Cage. And in person, he really doesn't look like Nicolas Cage. No. But Given the use of the Avatar, you can kind of guess maybe why he recommended this movie. But we were at the Geek Show last week, and it was awesome. That is part of why our episode is delayed. Yes, that is true. If you um, have not checked out one of the wonderful live shows, live free shows from Versus the Universe, you owe it to yourself to do so. It's a lot of fun. Sometimes people will shine a spotlight on you without your knowledge. It's great. You'll really enjoy yourself. Trust me. And I'm telling you, having when you're having a migraine, having a spotlight shine in your face, it's wonderful. Is that a I, fact? I highly recommend it to everybody who feels like, you know, sweeping waves of pain and nausea. <laughs> it's great. Well, speaking of uh, sweeping waves of pain and nausea, let's get to our film. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a very appropriate segue. Hey, you know, I take them where I, where I see them, you know? Uh, so as recommended, we watched uh, USS Indianapolis, Men of Courage. Yes. So apparently, uh, even IMDb wasn't planning on spending a whole lot of time on this one, as their synopsis is very brief, but uh, here we go. During World War II, an American Navy ship is sunk by a Japanese submarine, leaving 300 crewmen stranded in shark-infested waters. Directed by Mario Van Peebles of Sunny Spoon, Starring Nicolas Cage, Tom Sizemore, Thomas Jane, and other people who probably hope you never see this movie. Well done, sir. (laughs) Mario Van Peebles, also of New Jack City. (laughs) Let's let's, let's go with the big credit there for Mr. Van Peebles. I wonder if it's Mr. Peebles or Mr. Van Peebles. Like, is Van his middle name? Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, moving on. So, of course, uh, with with this type of subject matter, we, we like to have a lot of fun on the show. But with this type of subject matter, uh, we do want to kind of take a moment to put a little disclaimer on something like this. Because, you know, if if, if anything, we're respectful of, of real life uh, occurrences. So anything we put in here is a review of the movie and the quality thereof. We're not making a statement about the soldiers who were involved in the war or... Well, we might be making a statement about Nicholas Cage's acting ability, but that's a whole side point. Yeah, or lack thereof. And it's it's all about, <laughs> of course, what we see on the screen, the pacing and everything like that. Um, I would also like to uh, just kind of throw out there, if you'd like to see uh, a more serious take, you know, without giving too much away, um, about the uh, occurrences that happen 
revolving around USS Indianapolis. There was a movie in 2015 that came out, USS Indianapolis, The Legacy, which is a documentary. And it actually collects stories from people who were involved, uh, much more so than the movie we're about to discuss. So, you know, if you want something a little bit more serious, check this out. Well, and I appreciate that because uh, at the end, after the movie proper is over, they do have a couple little snippets uh, from survivors, um, from people who were involved, but not very much. And so I'm wondering if they took it from that documentary. But it did that did definitely leave me wanting more, and that's good to know. There you go. And I tell you what, man, um, I wouldn't be surprised if this movie took those snippets from the documentary because. <laughs> Wowzers, we we gotta we got something to discuss this week. So yeah, of course, ladies and gentlemen, this is our spoiler-free zone here. Uh, so we're we're gonna try to kind of keep everything under wraps that could give away uh, beats of the story. Of course, being being a historical occurrence, it's kind of difficult to stay away from that. But we're we're gonna do our best. We're gonna do our best. So, Dave, <laughs> yes, what do you what do you have to say about? Uh, that there, USS Indianapolis, Men of Courage. Well, as a reminder for our new listeners, our rating scale goes from Toxic Sludge from the for the worst of the worst, hazardous if it's you know, some decent stuff in there, reusable if it's mostly good despite its flaws, and treasure if it's something that we would highly recommend, a piece of free entertainment that is worth your time and will almost guarantee plenty of enjoyment. Man, you threw out that rating scale right away. I, I know where this is going. I have a feeling. This movie, for me, was... There were some scenes which were really well done. And I was able to get what they were going for. And some scenes which were just like, did they really just do that? Is that where they're going with this? Yeah, yeah. I didn't read a lot about this movie, so I'm sorry about the shark spoilers, but that's on the cover of the movie and on everything else. But anyway, so just just as an example... There are sharks. Yes. And they basically took John Williams' theme from Jaws <laughs> and slightly retweaked it so they wouldn't get sued, but it's clear what music they were using. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and it's th- there were just so many things in that that's like that make you shake your head. But there were some scenes that were well done in this. Okay. I want to put this on here as well i feel like the episode has been full of disclaimers and things like that up until this point but we also need to let everybody know this movie was produced by saban entertainment that may sound familiar to people that grew up in the 90s go go power rangers yes yes sir the people that produced all 20 something seasons of power rangers (laughs) and the most recent power rangers movie and big bad beetleborgs and uh, the VR Troopers. Wait, no, I don't think that's theirs. But that's one of those knockoffs. Anyway, it's in the same vein. You know, they take the wonderful Japanese entertainment <laughs> that they know is cheesy and bring it over here and repackage it for for the kids. So already, I had low expectations with this film going in. The second thing, starring Nicolas Cage. The third thing, directed by Mario Van Peebles. Mario Van Peebles. He's he's, he's a stellar actor. He's got a great career behind him. Directing is not his forte. <laughs> <laughs> then you throw in there for good measure, Mr. Tom Sizemore, <laughs> <laughs> whose reputation precedes him. Um, and then you have the serious subject of, uh, you know, World War II. <laughs> 
it's like movie Mad Libs, man. I mean, really, it's like they just rolled some dice and just go, Yahtzee, here we go. This is this is what we're going with here. <laughs> yeah, man, it was it was really a trip, this whole movie. I mean, I understand that there's a certain uniform that, uh, you know, naval officers wear. I understand that there's a certain haircut that they had to have back then. But so many of these actors almost look like mirror images of each other. Like they just pick them out of a catalog and say, yes, we want these three boys here to portray <laughs> Uh, semen and they just look exactly the same so it was almost difficult for me to keep up with who was doing what and why for a little while um there were so many like just different interwoven subplots that didn't really come to fruition like they're just trying to add drama where there was none it was it was interesting in that way well and going on to that like two of the main characters who were like uh the buddy buddy guys look pretty similar but one by the time everyone was in boats and looking disheveled there were so many times where i was like who's that who's that now yeah yeah wait wasn't he in the other boat that's separate or i mean it was it was very like yeah that that was that was an issue yeah and let's let's um just to pack it up a little bit too the the cg in this film was not only very obvious in most places, it was awful. I mean, I'll say it's pretty good for a 2001 movie. Unfortunately, this movie was released in 2016. They used a lot of different tricks and techniques from shows like Power Rangers and, you know, uh, just older shows like that, where they use tilting cameras and miniatures and things like that. Uh, <laughs> but it was so bad. They were, they were driving along in a truck at one point uh, on an airfield. And, you know, they tried to get like a wide shot of the jets that were on the airstrip. And you could just tell just by the way that the camera was shaking that these were like little toys and they had just <laughs> zoomed in very closely. It was embarrassing. So, you know, there's 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 even a part where various crewmen are on fire. Three to be exact. Two of them are actually stuntmen who were set on fire. And those are very quick scenes. But there was one guy that they wanted to show uh, burning for a prolonged period and they basically just CG'd fire onto him as he waved his arm at nothing. <laughs> it wouldn't be so bad if they hadn't if they had put scenes in between those scenes, but no, it was like back to back to back. <laughs> like real fire, fake fire, real fire. One of these does not look like the others. Exactly. One of these doesn't belong. <laughs> so yeah, everything was a little off in, in that regard. And it just really took me out of this movie the entire time. I could not take this film seriously at all. I've seen a lot of World War II movies. I think everybody really has any moviegoer. Um, you know, just like I was talking about the 90s earlier, like in the 90s, we had all these films, even in the 2000s, we had Pearl Harbor, we had, you know, uh, Letters to Iwo, Iwo Jima, all that stuff. It's like there are so many movies based around this time period. Not only are you like, do we really need another one so soon? You're also like, do we really need another one of this low caliber? <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's what I thought so far. We'll get yeah. into it a little bit more after we uh, yeah. get into spoilers. The, the practical effects were pretty good, but yeah, the CG was awful. I would like to read... Um, this is the first time I've actually done this. Usually I don't look at other people's reviews or things, but I was trying to find a, a good synopsis for this rather than write my own. And I happened to see a review on IMDb, and I would like to just read a couple of snippets from this, which I feel encapsulates this before I give my personal score on this. 
The single scene in the movie Jaws, oh, this is a quote, by the way, the single scene in the movie Jaws where Robert Shaw scares the crap out of Richard Dreyfuss as he describes the sinking of the USS Indianapolis and the terrifying shark aftermath has more truth, terror, realism, and great acting than the entire movie USS Indianapolis, Men of Courage. (laughs) I mean, even Tom Sizemore has been in better war movies than this. Black Hawk Down, Saving Private Ryan, you know? This is an embarrassment to him, too. They embarrass Tom Sizemore, for goodness sakes. So, yeah. uh, they, uh, it, it's kind of hard to say that they embarrassed Nick, Nick Cage, but they kind of did him as well. So, some of the scenes where he was trying to be particularly um, respectable and authoritative and you know, just uh, uh, the commander of the ship. Oh, dude. It's like, wow. Yes. Just, wow. So, <laughs> wow, I don't indeed. know. There was one point, actually, where he was giving the, the come-to-Jesus speech, you know. He's talking to the entire crew. They're on the deck of the ship. They're all decked out in their, you know, uh, formal regalia. And he's giving this speech. He sounds like he's annoyed at himself. <laughs> he does. That was awful. He sounds like a Dalek from Doctor Who, the way he's delivering <laughs> these lines. <laughs> like, really, people, I implore you, if you watch one scene in this movie, find the scene where Nick Cage is given the big speech, he sounds like he's auditioning to be a Dalek. Trust me. It is just, <laughs> it's movie gold, you know? <laughs> uh, but not in the good way. Not in the good way. No, it's fool's gold, brother. That is not good. <laughs> so, you know, uh, there were some scenes that made me want to give this a reusable. There were some scenes that were of reusable quality, maybe even pushing treasure. But for the movie ho- overall, I kind of wish there was somewhere between hazardous and toxic sludge. I'm probably going to lean toward hazardous for this. Yeah, there's there's a scene that I want to get to after uh, we get in the spoiler portion of the show that really seemed out of place because it was so well done. But overall, yeah, I am going to go with toxic sludge on this one. If you miss it, you're not missing much. If it was a short that featured uh, the majority of that one scene that I'm I'm going to bring up, then yeah, I could even see giving it a reusable. But overall, man, it was drowned out. One bad apple spoils the bunch. Well, two hours of bad apples <laughs> spoils two good scenes. <laughs> well, one funny scene and one good scene. <laughs> so yeah, I recommend our listeners, if you have not suffered through this already, skip this movie at all costs. It is not even worth the Nicolas Cage curiosity. Watch Con Air again. Something. But don't watch this. It's just not enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I do have some recommendations for later as well. Okay. For for alternatives, but we will get to that later. We will get to that later. That's something to look forward to, folks. Don't tune (laughs) out yet, please. We've got a lot more to cover. We're going to dissect this, and we're going to tell you exactly why this is toxic sludge in my case. It was hazardous for Dave. And then we're going to burn the corpse (laughs) and hope that it never comes back. Kill it. (laughs) Kill it with a fire. (laughs) It sounds like a Nick Cage line right there. (laughs) 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 all right so are we officially in spoiler territory now we are officially in spoiler territory fantastic let's talk about this for a moment so first off i want to bring up tom sizemore caressing his shark bitten leg for the majority of the movie that was freaking hilarious (laughs) i mean he's just got it he's hugging it like it's a teddy bear man he's just holding (laughs) on to it for dear life 
And it's like, you know, I was like, why are you holding on? Are you just like going to start gnawing on that thing? Where, where, where are we going here? It really did something. It looked like something that was, uh, you know, more comfortable than an episode of The Walking Dead or something like that. I, the, the leg looked fine. I mean, it was nice and bloody and you see the bone sticking out, you know, just like you would imagine uh, <laughs> a dismembered <laughs> leg looking. But at the time he was holding it, I'm like, okay, he's going to die. This is his last scene. No. He stayed for the majority of the movie. He stayed alive. I don't know. I don't know if he made it to the end, but he was there for the majority no, of it. He, okay. Uh, he he didn't end up dying. Okay. Yeah. And and just you know, I know it was the reality of the moment, and this is one of those things where it kind of like balances on the realism versus the just outlandish nature of the script that these guys put together when they were pushing the guys over the edge after they died. You know. I don't know. That just seemed kind of, it seemed kind of off to me, man. I, I, I'm sure they had to do that to make more room for the soldiers who were still floating around to get on these, these, these boats, um, which is actually, that's something that I learned from this, which is kind of interesting that the um, emergency rafts apparently for boats like these didn't have an actual bottom. They just had netting kind of added to the danger that they were in just by the fact that, you know, they didn't have that covering underneath them. They just, you know, had this netting that really didn't protect them from these sharks at all. Yeah, you know, one of the things about throwing people over is that it was really inconsistent. And I recognize that there were different people in the different boats, but sometimes they'd leave people in, sometimes they'd throw them out. Sometimes they would rummage through them for value, you know, things that would help them survive until a rescue came. Sure. And sometimes they didn't. Um and I'm a person who, and this is just me, I recognize, but in any type of movie where survival and survival is at stake and you could die and resources are scarce, I always think to myself, what would you need to do to survive? And it always bothers me when there's something of value. Like there was a guy swimming around without a life jacket. Yeah. Uh, I think it was the chaplain. He was praying over several of the other people who who were dead and had life jackets. He did not have one. He did not take their life jacket. Right. Right. It's like, dude, survive. Take the life jacket. Yeah, man. I don't know. There were there were so many things that were off about this movie. After after a certain point, it was almost like I, I couldn't really pay attention to that stuff anymore. It's like I had to just block it out. Um I'm going to take a step back if it's all right. Yeah. So the the second scene of the movie, they they had just been attacked by they were on their ship, they had just been attacked by the Japanese and there was a pilot who uh went kamikaze and crashed his plane into their ship. Yes. And then he's narrating a letter to his wife. And so you have Nicolas Cage close up of his face narrating a letter to his wife and that was just basically set the tone for the whole movie it was so bad yeah and not only was was how it was done bad but he was narrating stuff that he couldn't narrate in a letter to his wife now he did crumple it up but the whole time i was thinking come on dude you're the captain loose lips sink ships what are you doing Right, and then he crumpled it up, and then he he narrated another letter. Honey, it's my birthday in a few days. Da da da. We know something's gonna happen. <laughs> All I really want for my birthday is to see you again. Smile. Here, can you send this letter? I mean, it's just, oh, it was. Oh, it set the tone for the movie, and it, it wasn't a good tone to set. Based on the letters he was writing, 
I really thought that his wife was dead and he was writing to her memory or something like that. <laughs> like, that's the impression that I got. So it shocked me. It absolutely shocked me when near the end of the movie, he actually woke up next to her right before he got court-martialed or whatever. What also shocked me was the fact that his wife was extremely young and attractive. I mean, even for Nicolas Cage, let's be real here. I don't know how he got with Elvis Presley's daughter. You know, every guy has a good day. <laughs> he, he must have had a few in a row. I don't know how he made that happen. But this is Nicolas Cage 2016. Okay, this is Nicolas Cage in his heyday. They can't expect us to believe that he would be married to a woman like that. I, I'm sorry. I understand. I know that. Okay, I'm, I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that took me out of the moment. I'm like, how is this Nicholas Cage married to a, a supermodel as the sea captain? Okay, okay, but moving on, moving on. Um, yeah, he uh, he had a he Nicholas Cage. I just I don't know. I can't talk now. See. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, I'm gonna stop dancing around this now. I want to talk about. Uh, my favorite scene from the movie. I want to talk about that one redeeming scene that I mentioned earlier. To me, the best scene in the movie was uh, near the end when the uh, naval officers were all but giving up hope. And Bama is basically stabbing the raft that he's in. And we don't understand why. It seems just very like, it seems very much like a, just a defeatist attitude. And you see that he's actually carving piano keys out of the side of the raft. And he's thinking back on his previous life and where he came from and everything that he's going to miss. The sharks are swimming around and they're just snatching the, 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 the uh, naval officers out of the, out of the sea and everything like that. But it's just so just somber and kind of haunting. And as he's, Playing the keys on, you know, on his imaginary piano, you can actually hear him playing the piano uh, back then and everything. And I thought that was just well shot. It was well done. It was like a three minute scene. And like I said, it's, it's somewhere near the end of the second act. And it's just it's beautiful. And I have no idea how that ended up in the movie. I feel like maybe the <laughs> the the second director took over for a minute and did that scene because it was just it was glorious. I thought, yeah, OK, I, I'd watch a whole movie like this, you know. Yeah. And there were some periods of good interaction among the soldiers in the boats, but it was so overshadowed by the other things that it was hard to really, you know, keep getting lost in the movie. Going back to piano, probably one of the worst scenes in the movie was when they introduced the love triangle between Bama, <laughs> Mike, and Grace, or whatever her name was. So, uh, one of this guy, one of the sailors, uh, has been pining after this girl for years and years and years, and he wants to get this. Pro- as soon as he gets this promotion, he's going to make his move. Right. He brings his friend there, and you have this dance scene. Yes, there's a dance scene. And so it's basically like five, six incredibly attractive young girls um, who are being taught by this new guy who's brought there and yet all dance incredibly. And they're all giggling. All the girls are just giggling the entire time. And Mike is dancing with 
the love interest of his best friend <laughs> for like 15 seconds. And then the two of them just look at each other <laughs> and it's love. Right. Right. <laughs> it's just, it was, it was awful. I was like, I'm not sure I can keep watching this. Yeah. It was, but I did. It was... I did it for you people. I did it for you. <laughs> That's right. There's, there's really one more thing that I just kind of wanted to, touch upon and again this is more than likely a symptom of this type of movie versus uh you know an overall choice which is just how the the american forces were treated on screen versus the uh the japanese soldiers basically just the fact that you know when they showed the americans it was daytime everything was bright they had the very inspirational music in the background and everything like that as they're going to sea and they're loading the guns and they're you know establishing all this camaraderie with each other but there's still rivalries but everybody's okay because they're all americans at the end of the day and then with the japanese soldiers you know with the japanese army they just had like the music cues were just very just like low and the lighting was all red on the interior of their <laughs> submarine and it was just everything painted them as just okay thematically these are the bad guys and it's i feel like in this modern day we didn't need to have the story painted like that we get what happened the history is very clear it's very obvious but they still felt the need to just make them look like Rita Repulsa or Goldar or something <laughs> like that. And, you know, ironically, the American characters themselves are so unlikable. It, it feels like there's going to be a twist coming. But, of course, this is a historical accounting. We know that there's not. <laughs> well, there was in that the captain of the Japanese ship was very honorable. Yes. And he he did... he basically tried to save um the american captain right um and it was interesting that even though he was testifying for the prosecution he he still gave answers which were damaging to the prosecution um so there was that but i think a lot of the interpersonal conflict between well between the japanese and then the americans and then the race conflict that was going i think it was just generally it could have been handled much much better yeah. if you're gonna address that do a better job yeah you know we've we've said this about movies in the past just you know taking on a subject too big for the chosen venue and i think this is another one of those cases although they didn't crash and burn as bad as the last one at least you know they they did kind of they had the historical facts on their side it's just with the with the brush they painted it with it just didn't really it didn't seem authentic. It seemed like it was is throwing some propaganda in there, which really didn't need to happen. It's like, okay, mm. here are the facts. Make your own decisions. Um, but we we are telling the story of these characters over here, you know. So anyway, that was that was that was my two cents about that. Without getting too, you know, nitpicky about it. But yeah, it was already an awful movie. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't really need that, but it was it was already awful. I think it's time to jump into other recommendations. I need a palate cleanser. As do I. So now I'm not saying that my recommendation for an alternative movie to this is necessarily a five-star movie, but it's a fun movie. So back, or I would say it was around two, 20-03. Okay. Back when I was a lad, um, I had gone through a fairly bad breakup. 
And back in that time period, a bunch of us as friends, we, we would all go out and see cheap movies at the Dollar Theater when there was such a thing. Um, <clears throat> or movies really late at night after we all got off work. And Wins on you. When saw you five seven one? Ah, uh, yeah, I remember that movie. You know, it's got Bon Jovi in it, so don't expect it to be you know the best dramatic movie you've ever seen. But it was fun. It was just a good fun war movie, and I really loved that movie. Yep. And uh, you know, I would I would watch that ten times before I'd watch this one again. Yeah, I mean, there there are so many, you know, and I I appreciate that recommendation, and I'll I'll uh, back it up with this. There, there's so many, just well done, well filmed, and well acted World War II movies. You know, I brought up Saving Private Ryan earlier. Schindler's List touches upon certain aspects of that, of course, but I I really like the idea of letters from Iwo Jima. And the fact that, you know, Ben Eastwood directed this as a companion piece to uh, Flags of Our Fathers. And it was just interesting to see the flip side of everything. You know, I mean, again, we understand what the facts are about the war. But just to see a story told with such care, especially from uh, a director like Clint Eastwood, you know, that's um, it was really impressive. So I would recommend checking out Flags of Our Fathers and Letters to Iwo Jima. And if you're looking for something a little bit more, and it's odd to say it in, in, in subject matter like this, something a little bit more farcical and lighthearted, um, Inglorious Bastards, 2009. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you want to see Brad Pitt talking about killing some Nazis, then hey, <laughs> this is where you want to go right here. Oh, well, and, you know, given that we do, this is a show for, you know, Netflix and Amazon and other other free forms of media or no extra cost. It's not so much about the war aspect, but uh, one of my favorite movies, uh, Life is Beautiful, is out. I believe it's on Amazon. I really like Life is Beautiful. It's simultaneously depressing and uplifting, um, but it was just a really well-made movie. Very cool. I'll have to check and, that one out. You know, it's it's sad that, you know, going back to the what we were talking about earlier in this, a lot of us know of people who were in the war. Some of us may have had family who who was in who were in World War Two or Korea or Vietnam. And you kind of want to see it represented respectfully and accurately or at least in an entertaining fashion. It's just kinda of sad that this movie it tried. I, I think they were trying, but it just did not hit the mark. It did try. That is that is very true. It did try. So, yeah, that's that's all I got to say about that one, man. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, there are a lot of new movies coming out on Amazon. Amazon's been kind of slow the last couple months on movies coming, and they supplemented that with a lot of... I don't even know if this is an appropriate term. Please forgive me if I'm wrong, but uh, Bollywood movies. So with all that being said, we're going to go ahead and watch Once Upon a Time in Mumbai. That's right. It's available on Amazon Prime Video uh, right now. came out in 2010. You know, these Bollywood films can go way out there. I know I've seen clips online of a lot of them. You know, it's almost unfair to put them in the same category as Slumdog Millionaire. It's more akin to something like Shaolin Soccer 
and just the uh, audacity of the different stunts <laughs> that they put out there. I know that various Western films have borrowed some Bollywood moments, like the moment where um, Bruce Willis steps out of the car in red. Like, it's no big deal as the car is, like, twirling around and he's got his gun in his hand. That's a Bollywood moment right there. So, hopefully we get some of those moments in Once Upon a Time in Mumbai. Of course, we will report back to you. Hopefully, you watch along with us and let us know your thoughts through social media. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. Well, it should be a very fun ride. And I th- I'm i actually expecting more enjoyment out of that than out of this. So. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. <laughs> well, as always, folks, thank you so much for listening to the show. You know, you can check out previous episodes on iTunes. Get some movie suggestions from us back in the day. See what to avoid. See what to check out. And, you know, just uh, keep on loving life, folks. I'm Matt Peters. And I'm Dave Martin. And just got to hope it gets better than this. It's got to be better next time. Got to be better next time. (laughs) Good night, folks.